Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, the airlines are in trouble with a couple of federal agencies. Now, how could that possibly be? The airlines are perfect almost all of the time. We have a story of those nasty government people who are bothering our airline friends and other stories next in the news. For the, for the past month or so, Princess Cruises has been advertising on TV. Cruises as low as $59 per person. Well, it seemed uh, too good to be true for to us anyway. So we put Gwen Duncan on the hunt. And in our Smarter Traveler segment at 320, Gwen gives us the real scoop. A really big film festival is coming to Reno later this month. Really big. You'll learn all about it at 335. And finally, at 345, Mark dips into the Travel Guys mailbag and answers your questions right here on the radio. Here to make you a smarter and hopefully kinder traveler, we are the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Welcome, everyone, to the locally so sourced, locally grown Travel Guys radio show. I'm Tom Romano, Mark Hoffman with us, uh, and we uh, are brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thank you for coming along. We're here every Sunday at 3 o'clock, and you can follow along and links to our special guests and more at TravelGuysRadio.com. And a good, wonderful afternoon to you, Mark. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you. I'm just sitting here at the sports luxurious sports leisure offices just off of Folsom Boulevard the old Lincoln Highway with my leg up under doctor's orders to keep my leg up so I don't know something doesn't run to my feet I don't know what it is <laughs> well the question for those that uh, may not know Mark had a, a knee replacement uh, oh, I don't know it's been about four or five months ago yeah, actually hip replacement. but uh, A hip replacement. That's yeah. a, what did I say, leg replacement? Knee, okay. knee repl- yeah, that's all right. That's all right. A body <laughs> hip part. Replacement. You know. So are you, are, are you uh, elevating the, the leg that will soon, the, the, the one that you're going to have a hip replacement on next? The one that was or- replaced is fine. It's the next one, yes. As you get older, these body, these parts wear out on a pretty regular basis. Warning <laughs> to younger people listening to the program, your day will come. Um, all of these parts have a have a uh, a warning a, a warranty on them, and they all wear out. But the, the 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 cool part about it is that, or the cruel part about it is that you never know when they're going to wear out. Yeah, so there you have it. Hey, I went down to Santa Barbara for a couple days this week. Uh, we've talked a lot about Santa Barbara over the last several months. They got that direct flight yep. uh, now, and I know that Sports Leisure is going to be uh, vacationing down there. Uh, 
How did that go? You got any tips for our listeners about Santa Barbara? Taking a group down there in October, and I was – there's some dilemmas there because the – a lot of the hotels that are down by the water are smaller, more boutique hotels, and they don't have their own restaurants. So if you want to get breakfast in the morning, you've got to walk a block or two or take your rental car, which would be crazy. Um, and same thing for dinner. In many cases, some of the places that are open for breakfast on the waterfront are not open for dinner on the waterfront. So it, it, it poses a much greater challenge than one might think. And then there are a couple of big resort hotels like the Hilton um, which are down on the water, and of course they have a restaurant and stuff like that. But they also, you know, goose you every time you turn around. So trying to find some real value for our travelers and provide, you know, the idea of going out in the morning to breakfast at a low local place as opposed to eating in a hotel restaurant, I think is kind of cool. If you don't have to jump through too many hoops to be able to do it. Oh, I found a really great place to eat on the waterfront down there. It's called the Blue Water Grill. If you're ever in Santa Barbara, um, the way you remember it is they have a lighthouse, kind of a fake lighthouse as part of their their restaurant front. But it's right down on the waterfront, Blue Water Grill. Best clam chowder I think I've ever eaten. And I thought that the mm. first time I ate there six months ago. So when I went back the other day and I had the clam chowder, I was like, yep, this is the best I've I've ever eaten. And had Amazing. had lunch there and just a really, really good spot. Our group is going to go and eat there. But Blue Water Grill... Um, really, really cool place on the water down there. There's also a fun attraction that we're going to use. I, I watched it operating. It's called Land and Sea Tours. It's one of these amphibious vehicles that goes into the water and does part of your tour on the water and does part of your tour on the land. And in Santa Barbara, cool. uh, there's mm-hmm. this thing called Stern's Wharf, which is better to see from the water. But the only way you could see it from the water would be on something like this. So anyway, kind of fun. Santa Barbara is a really interesting place. They have a beautiful little airport um, there. Southwest is serving it now, as you mentioned. So it's going to be a little bit easier to get to. A lot of folks listening probably are graduates of UC Santa Barbara. I have two or three friends who went to school down there. So it's a, it's, it's a really cool town. But bring your wallet because... There is nothing cheap or inexpensive about Santa Barbara. Well, all right. Well, thanks for the update. We'll uh, be anxious to uh, watch for that coming up on your uh, – can, can people uh, call the Sports Leisure and, yeah, and we're book ta- now? we're taking a group in October, four days and three nights. Uh, I think it leaves the 17th of, of October and going to stay uh, three nights right down on the water. So, yes, we still have a few spaces available, in fact. All right. What do people call the office? Well, yeah, uh, 916-361-2051, or go to sportsleisure.com, and you probably could look the trip up and get some more details. At the top of every Travel Guys radio program, we bring you up to date on the week's travel news, and with it, ladies and gentlemen, once again, Mr. Mark Hoffman. Before we get into all the trouble that the airlines are in, here is a quick um, U.S has issued a new travel advisory update for populous tourist destinations. If you are headed for places like Hungary, Sweden, Morocco, China, uh, Rosarito or Tijuana in Baja, Baja, California, there have been some updates to travel warnings and the like there. They're all listed at TravelGuysRadio.com or the U.S. State Department has a list of them. If you're planning on traveling internationally, a lot of these things are changing pretty regularly. So my suggestion to you is, you know, check it 
when you decide to go and check it uh, when the date comes up for the last time you can cancel for free and then check it again a few days before you go and then check it again 20 minutes before you leave the house um, because there there are a lot of changes going on in requirements for international travel. And some of the changes have made travel easier, such as dropping testing requirements and stuff for COVID. Of course, when you drop those requirements, some some hazard comes with all of that. Right. Okay. So um, the airlines are in trouble, and little did we know when I wrote those headlines yesterday that there would be they would be more in trouble by the time we got to today than they were yesterday. Um, so uh, it's rare that we have breaking news here on the Travel Guys, but breaking news: um, U.S. completes refund probes into ten airlines' plans enforcement actions. Uh, the airlines had so many complaints about refunds during COVID that uh, the U.S. Department of Transportation has started to look into it. Secretary Pete Buttigieg has come back and said, well, uh, maybe the airlines didn't quite do what they were supposed to do here in lots of situations. So it's kind of fun to have a government official who is going after the airlines with a little bit of rawr in his voice because this doesn't happen very often. The airlines pretty much control... Everything. When you see the reaction to this from a group called Airlines for America, I'm sure they'll have something to say about it tomorrow, and I'm sure they'll say that the airlines did nothing wrong at all. Just remember that Airlines for America is the airline's lobbying arm. So whatever Airlines for America says has nothing to you to do with you as an airline flyer of America. It has to do with the airlines themselves. Anyway, um, the secretary says that uh, the airlines did not uh, follow their own rules, did not follow Department of Transportation rules, and they have completed 10 investigations. There are 10 more still open and going on. Um, So they have said that there are pretty big fines involved here, and the Department of Transportation intends to pursue those fines. So for once, maybe... The airline's feet will be held to the fire in some small way. The airlines are still blaming the FAA for uh, airline delays. But interestingly enough, now the FAA is fighting back by saying, uh, look, these things that the airlines are saying are just not true. We weren't short-staffed. There weren't problems. The reason we're having problems is because the airlines have scheduled too many flights in too short of a time frame at too many airports. And that's why there's a problem. So they said, in addition, now they've got staffing problems and things like that. But the basic problem is too many flights in too short of a period of time. Again, kind of unusual for a government agency to come back and fire back on an industry like this. But um, the airlines tried to say, well, the reason we're having so many cancellations and delays is because the FAA doesn't have enough staffing. And the FAA is saying, uh, hooey. On that, yes, that's been a little bit of a problem earlier in the year, but not so much now, and has pointed out that on some days they had no staffing delays reported at any major airports, issues with FAA, and yet the airlines still had problems. So um, I don't know who you believe, but it's just interesting that the this time the government is not taking it laying down. It would be interesting to see if, in fact, there are fines and more comes out. Uh, and points it at the uh, airlines, and uh, it becomes of uh, public record, uh, or whether it'll just get buried 
somewhere uh, in the, the back pages. Well, and maybe now the airline's cutting back on scheduling a little bit like that, and maybe that's going to help the situation. It's too bad that so many people had to get nailed the first part of the summer, but things indeed did turn out better over the 4th of July weekend than predicted. So far this weekend, they haven't been as bad. Weather plays a big role in this, but when the airlines overschedule, then you're going to have some some also going to have some issues. Uh, North, North, Norwegian Cruise Line has dropped uh, testing requirements from its safety protocols. We told you last week that Holland America had dropped that from some of their cruises. Speaking of cruise lines, American Queen Voyages is now offering a Field of Dreams experience on several of their northbound steamboat cruises this fall and next year. Um, the steamboats that stop in Dubuque will take people to the Field of Dreams site, which you're, you're ever in that area and you're a baseball fan, it's absolutely a must-do. Europe wants a high-speed rail network to replace airlines all over uh, Europe. What a terrific idea this, this would be. Mm-hmm. It was an idea 20 or 30 years ago, so don't hold your breath. And finally, um, ship timbers found on the Oregon coast from a shipwreck, maybe from a shipwreck that actually inspired the movie The Goonies. Um, this is all kind of interesting. We'll keep you posted. They're looking to see if they can find any more. But anyway, old shipwreck on the Oregon coast. And that is your travel news for today. And, yes, we are the Travel Guys. Again, TravelGuysRadio.com. Links to our guests and lots more to make you a smarter traveler. And a place where you can go and leave a question for the Travel Guys, which uh, reminds me, and I will remind you, coming up in our final segment of the program around Around 345, we're going to dip into that mailbag and answer some listeners' questions. A lot of times these questions are ones that you and other uh, uh, listeners uh, have. Uh, So we'll be answering lots of folks' questions all at one time. Well, straight ahead, Gwen Duncan with Cordially Yours Travel. uh, Travel advisor joins us. We're going to talk about some crazy, crazy stuff going on. Uh, how about $59 per person cruises? Hey there, Mark Hoffman, Tom Romano with you, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. And uh, it's time to bring on our cruise expert, travel advisor, Miss Gwen Duncan. Gwen, welcome again to the Travel Guys. Well, hello there, you guys. I'm feeling well now. I had COVID two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, is this your yeah? Was this your second? Is this your second one, Gwen? No, no. I went to my very first travel conference, and I uh, picked it up there on my way home. I'm I, and I, I've been laid up for a while, but I'm doing a lot better now. <clears throat> a lot better. I'm negative. <laughs> well, good. Well, that's certainly certainly good to hear. You, Tom, you know, they, w- w- the bumper music there was Graceland. Graceland is really a hot destination now with the new Elvis movie. All of yeah. a sudden, um, Graceland is a hard place to get into. And uh, Talk Tours is now doing uh, special gra- – on, on their Memphis trips is doing these behind-the-scenes tours at Graceland because for a while nobody was – Graceland almost had fallen off of everybody's screen, but now it's – have you ever been to Graceland, Gwen? Uh, actually, yes. Uh, I didn't spend as much time as I'd like to have, but uh, it was pretty wonderful. I was an Elvis fan, though, back, back when. <laughs> That's, I was just going to ask you if you were an Elvis Presley fan. Oh, I belong to an Elvis Presley fan club and everything. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> my. Did you go see? Did, 
Did you go see the mo- Did you go see the movie? Which one? Did you see? Oh, the, there's a new the movie, the Elvis no, movie. I've not seen the latest one. Oh, yeah, it's you, really good, though. Well, you have to see it, and then you have to let us know what you what you think of it, since you're a, a, a huge fan. I went and saw the uh, the Minions movie last week. God, that was a blast. That was an absolute blast. I, I highly recommend the Minions movie for anybody eight to eighty. Um, it doesn't matter whether it doesn't matter whether you're stoned straight with your grandkids, your best friend, your grandmother, whatever. It works. The Minions movie works no matter, no matter what. Okay. Anyways, um, enough movie reviews. Um, Gwen, the reason reason I gave you a shout was because um, Princess Cruise Lines for quite a while, uh, for several weeks, has been running a pretty heavy ad campaign in the Sacramento area, or at least on cable stations in the Sacramento area, advertising cruises uh, and from San Francisco mentioning that you can go for as low as $59 a person. Now, I'm guessing that's two people to a cabin, um, so that's $118 a person, but that's still less than what Motel 6 is charging in Rancho Cordova for a night. Well, it's cheaper to go on that than it is to stay home, to tell the truth. But the... The thing is, their advertisement is pretty in-depth, but you go and look at the particulars, and that's only for one sale date, that's September the 24th. And that's that's uh, no frills, there's no stops, no ports. Uh-huh. It's an inside cabin. Um, what else can I tell you? Uh, and, and it has plus port charges and taxes and all that. doesn't include the air. So it sounds good at first blush, but by the time you finish, it's a lot more than $59. Right, right. Well, and what it is is it's. I'm guessing it's one of these repositioning cruises where the Alaska season has ended. Yeah, they're one way. They're and one they're way. yeah, they're they're bringing yeah. the ship down. And so what they're doing, everybody who wanted to get off of Vancouver and not sail on to San Francisco. So yeah, these happen frequently, a couple of times a year. They're usually yeah. three or sometimes four days, as you mentioned, usually without any stops. So if you're yeah. just looking for oh, perfect, if you've never been on a cruise before. And you wanted yeah. to see what it was like, or you're just super cheap, and <laughs> and you want it, but but so you say this actually is so you have confirmed that it actually is available on one yeah. sailing in in September, a three day two night cruise up uh, down from Vancouver. So folks could actually book that for yeah, as you could. said, 118 dollars a person, two people to a cabin. Uh, plus the port taxes and all of the add-ons and things. Yes, Thomas. Yeah, is that one yeah. way? And, and, yes, it's only one way. And okay. they've got uh, they've got some that are you know so three days, and they'll have one that's four days, and they'll have one stop. You know, yeah. I mean, and it's a little bit more, but it's still cheap, a uh, reasonable. I, <laughs> well, yeah, it depends on the port port taxes and all that stuff. But basically, I just wanted to know from you after I'd seen that commercial a dozen times. I'm sitting there going, look, this is not possible. I'm doing the math, and I'm saying this is not possible. If it is possible, it has to be on a really limited basis. I didn't think about those repositioning cruises. Did you? Yeah, uh, did they're you... Gonna make money. They're going to make money having people on the ship. You know, right. I mean, people are going to gamble. They're going to going to buy liquor and all that. So they're going to make mm-hmm. money. They just want to fill the ship. Yeah, yeah, Got exactly. It. Did you yeah, uh, pause the Did you pause the ad and read? Because you couldn't read it in real time. Uh, read the the fine print at the bottom of the ad. Um, I tried that, that they, and you couldn't read it then either. Even uh, when you pause it, you couldn't make it. Yeah. yeah. So that's why we have people like. 
people like Gwen right. is because she can look up and make sure. So when you next time yeah. you see that, you know that it's a limited number of cabins on this repositioning cruise in September. And similar types of deals are available on those similar cruises, repositioning right. cruises in the spring and the fall with not only with Princess but other right. cruise lines. Gwen, um, <clears throat> since this is our Smarter Traveler segment, um, give us one deal, one Something that if I was sitting out here listening to the program, I would say, you know what? I might call her about that tomorrow. That sounds pretty good. What's one real there, – there are lots of deals right now. The cruise lines are starting to get deal-friendly in the fall. What? Tell us one that yeah, you they, just – They really are. They, they really are, and they're wanting to fill up. I mean, you could find a deal anywhere. But I did pick out and hone into one particular one. Now, the, the caveat on this one is that um, – the deal is over with on Tuesday. That's July the 14th. It was an extension from Independence Day um, uh, promo. And this is with American Queen Steamboat Company on the West Coast. And it's particular to a ship. And that the one that I'm looking at is a paddle wheeler. And it does the uh, Columbia Snake River. Uh-huh. And it, um, uh, it is it's called the American Empress. And they've got uh, two sailings right now. One is for the 31st of July, and the other one is for November the 23rd. And these are uh, half price for the cabin based on double occupancy. And it's really a great trip. Ron and I did this about four years ago. And it's um, the character. It's a paddle wheeler. The character of the ship is uh, 1800s. It's got, like, lace curtains and stuff. It's really kind of neat. There are no inside cabins. It includes all your excursions. uh, includes uh, uh, your liquor, your uh, Wi-Fi. But the thing I liked about it uh, was that it it had a pre- a pre-night's um, lodging included, and this particular uh, itinerary does the Lewis and Clark um, history trip. Yes, and in yeah. fact, oh, we had God. we had Gwen. Um, we were the ship was shadowing us when we were up there on the coast <coughs> a couple of weeks ago. They were in Astoria with us, and in fact, uh, we ran into each one, into one of their buses out at uh, Fort Clatsop, up the Lewis and Clark place there. Okay, so Gwen says half price. Columbia River Cruise. There's one in late July, and there's another one in November. We have put a link um, to her email if you just want to write her a note or if you want to look at, at her website, Cordially Yours Travel. Um, there are links at TravelGuysRadio.com, so if you'd like to take advantage of that. Gwen, thank you for doing the research for us. We appreciate that both on the good price and on making sure that the other good price was available. You be well. Oh, okay. Thank you. Fun listening to you guys. Talk to you soon. It's Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano. We are the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Links to our guests can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. Well, it's a toss on our kind of travel kind of mostly entertainment hat for our next special guest out of the Reno area. Mark, please introduce who we have on the line with us today. Tom, we have the executive director and founder of a film festival in the Reno area, Cordillera. And she is Emily Skyle-Golden. And Emily, welcome to the Travel Guys. 
Hi, thank you so much for letting me come on and talk about the festival. So this festival is coming up at the end of the month in Reno. It's a five-day festival from the 28th to the 1st uh, in the Reno-Tahoe area. An international film festival. Emily, before we, we went on the air, you told us that this was the fifth year. Tell us a little bit about the festival. So we're really impressed with how fast we've grown and the community support, but also on a national level. Uh, we became a top 100 best-reviewed festival out of over about 10,000 from Film Freeway. Uh, so uh, to have our fifth year and meet that mark is, is huge for us. Very impressive, very impressive. So this is an international film festival, so you will have not all of the films will be English-speaking. Is that correct? Yeah, we had 83 countries, a record number uh, represented in about 2,000 submissions. Uh, we selected the top 150, <laughs> so we'll be screening a ton of films, uh, as well as shining a light on some screenplays. And we even have a $175,000 pitch competition where people could submit their ideas ideas for stories, and they uh, get to present in front of our grand juries. Literally, your life could be changed <laughs> in, in a, in a five-minute pitch. It's a pretty incredible uh, pretty incredible process. Amazing. Uh, Emily, uh, I'm this, I understand that there will be venues all over the Reno, Tahoe, Sparks area. Tell us a little bit about the venues and uh, where they will be. Sure. So we are really excited to have expanded venues this year. Our main prime primary venue is the Galaxy Theaters at Outlets of Legends, and that's because they've got some of the best um, technology film-wise that you can find in all of northern Nevada, or really in, in a lot of places <laughs> far beyond. Uh, we have a filmmaker's lounge also located nearby where we serve uh, three meals a day for free to our VIP holders, grand jury and filmmakers. Uh, so those are in Sparks, technically, our outdoor venue where we show outdoor films, short films, award winning from around the world takes place in downtown Reno uh, on the Truckee River. You literally are out in the stars with the river on both sides of you flowing by. It's absolutely stunning. That's in Reno. And then our VIP experience gives filmmakers and some of our Academy award-winning nominated grand jury, uh, which is an incredibly prestigious group of Hollywood icons. We take them to Tahoe uh, so they can kind of see the beautiful locations that the region has to offer for filming in future times. Pretty awesome. So this sounds like a pretty big deal. What what does it cost for folks to come and see be it to be a part of this event? So we really try to keep it as grounded as possible. So somebody can come. We have free events, like our outdoor screenings are completely free to the public. We have virtual programming with kids programs. So maybe you're not used to a film festival. You want to try it from home completely free or pay what you can. Donations allowed to $12 tickets. And that $12 ticket can get you a meet and greet, a one-on-one, -on -one, five-minute, what we call industry icon speed dating session. It's like going to Comic-Con, except you're sitting in front of the team behind, uh, like David Nutter with Game of Thrones, Peter Menzies, the diehard friend, you know, the uh, diehard with a vengeance, uh, just some incredible names and, and, and legends that you get to sit in front of. That's a $12 ticket, as well as a $12 ticket to most screenings. Then you can buy all the way up to our what we call our VIP badge. Now, that's an investment. It's $500. But if you're going to be coming to everything, we feed you three meals a day, and it includes a completely hosted bar from 9 a.m to 
9 p.m. So pretty incredible package at $500, but you can also spend 12 and somewhere in between. Our special guest is Emily Skyle Golden. She is the uh, founder and executive director for the Cordillero International Film Festival. How many days should somebody plan to to go if they're going to try to see most everything? So I always say get here Thursday afternoon, especially if you're driving from the Bay Area. Thursday night is our opening night. That's a lot of celebrities, some of your favorites from television and film, uh, and some maybe some people you have talent crushes on. It's a big opening night ceremony and party. Uh, Friday is the fun outdoor events. Saturday is some of our impressive films. Uh, and Sunday is our closing night event. So I think if you come... Thursday afternoon and leave Monday morning, you're going to have a pretty amazing experience and see a lot of the films uh, that you would see at Sundance or Tribeca or even Cannes, Uh, and for a lot less money. (laughs) We're a lot more approachable, and the filmmakers are still here. Emily, let me put you on the spot. If you were a first-time attendee to the festival, what would be, and and you'd never been to a film festival before, what would help our audience out a little bit here? What would be a a game plan? For me, I would go to opening night um, so I could wear a fancy dress and kind of watch this and and have that red carpet Hollywood-style experience. Guests get to walk on the red carpet. There's media, um, radio stations, news stations. It's it's an incredible, it makes you feel like a Hollywood star star, um, I would then 100% go to that meet and greet. If you're someone who wants to sit in front of the people that you've had talent crushes on that are responsible for some of the biggest movies in the last 30 years, you get to sit and meet with them. Maybe if you're shy, <laughs> just come to a movie and watch the Q&A. Uh, those are two things I think are pretty pretty fantastic experiences. And then if you just really just love movies, but you don't want the Hollywood element of it, you can just find films that you enjoy and you leave before the Q&A starts. So I think my game plan is always try to do that opening night um, experience and uh, and then films at your leisure. Go shopping, go gambling, hang out, and supporting some of the local restaurants, and then pick the ones that make you laugh or cry that, that seem like they're interesting to you film-wise. Emily, where is the location of the uh, the opening night? Opening night is at Galaxy Theater at Outlets of Legends. It's right off the freeway, um, about a seven-minute drive from Reno. Uh, so it's a really easy to get to, super easy parking, and you can't miss the red carpet. It is 20 feet of uh, <laughs> of cameras, televisions, and and people lining up to hit the red carpet. It sounds like fun. The Cordillera. International Film Festival. It's in the Reno-Tahoe area. It starts on July the 28th. We will have a link to it at TravelGuysRadio.com if you'd like to find out more information. Emily, thank you so much. Um, what a great what a great job you have done of filling in our listeners about this exciting film festival. Thank you again for your time today. Thank you. That was awesome. Awesome. Yeah, you know, film festivals are uh, all over the place, but this sounds like one that... Uh, is really taking off. Uh, I think the outdoor venues along the Truckee River mm-hmm. uh, sit and watch. I, I love watching films outside, uh, whether it's a drive-in or a pop-up drive-in, which this would be. Well, you uh, know, it should, should be should be a lot of fun. They do theater out by the side of the lake in Lake Tahoe, which is very yes. popular. And so I think they're onto something here. She she has a tremendous amount of th- enthusiasm, but she also has it sounds like something that has grown into. 
you know, I mean, there are lots and lots of film festivals all around mm-hmm. the play, all over the place. But it sounds like the Reno has really got something that is growing into something that's. I mean, of all the thousands of festivals worldwide, she's in the top one hundred. So that that's fairly impressive, I would say. I. It's too late for me to go this year, but I marked it on my calendar. I'm going to try to pop in next year for sure. You know where I want to be next year at this time. Yeah. Uh, it, if you if you've been tuning across the TV the last few days, you've seen it. Uh, a lot of folks in this area know about it. A lot of people I know go. I've been there once before, and that is the uh, uh, the celebrity golf tournament at the Edgewood there in Lake Tahoe, uh, the Century. Uh, it's uh, comprised of uh, celebrities, mostly sports mm-hmm. celebrities. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers and uh, uh, Patrick. I Mahomes remember covering and, that back in the day when when I was yeah. on sports radio in the '90s up at Lake Tahoe. Yeah, probably the most impressive celebrity list of any event of its type, maybe anywhere in the country. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. The Hi, it's the Mark Hoffman theme song. <laughs> Welcome. We are uh, the Travel Guys. Mark Hoffman, Tom Romano with you. Uh, we're here every Sunday, 3 to 4. You can find us at TravelGuysRadio.com. And as we, I mentioned earlier, uh, at TravelGuysRadio.com, right there on the homepage, you can leave us a message. Uh, and if you have a question that you need answered, we can answer it uh, by way of email. Or we occasionally will gather a bunch together and... Uh, Answer them on the radio. Mark, uh, tell me a little bit about the the questions that we're going to answer today. These are all things that have come in in the last two or three weeks. I've taken out the specifics, you know, what day and what flight and all those things. But um, they represent, and in some cases, they're questions that are asked fairly commonly. So they might be an, might be an answer not only for the person who sent it in, but maybe perhaps for someone else who's listening to. All right, then. Without further ado, let's get to it. From the mailbag, Brent writes, The airline canceled our connecting flight. This is a sad story. Leaving us stranded in Denver. Now, they offered nothing except seats on two different flights the following morning. We had to pay for hotels, meals, etc. Did the airlines owe us anything for leaving us stranded overnight? Brent asks. And the answer, Brent, is... By the way, uh, there were six of them. Unfortunately, the the answer is so that bill, the hotel bill, must have it was at least two rooms. Um, unfortunately, Brent, the answer is no. The airline doesn't owe you anything except a refund. Um, it may not be good service or what you had hoped for. I don't know what the the specifics were, whether yours was weather related um, or what happened. I will tell you that airlines have gotten into the habit now days of on the last connection of the evening of waiting a few minutes some of you may have had this experience on a flight where the flight attendant will come on and say gee you know we're actually ready to go but we're waiting for four people who are coming from a flight from indianapolis and they're running down the terminal right now as we speak and they'll be here in a few minutes so we're waiting for them Um, sometimes that's a little aggravating but if you were the people they were waiting for it wouldn't be aggravating at all you'd be grateful so i find that people are generally pretty understanding for a few minutes in those situations, but no. Keep in mind, if the airline cancels a flight, um, you can demand your money back. You can demand a refund and then get home on your own, but offering you bookings the next time it's available. Sometimes if the airline feels that you know something was wrong or if you're a top-tier uh, 
frequent flyer member or something like that, you may get something. But in many cases, uh, no, the airline will just tell you that you're on your own, and uh, that's just this part of travel. Wow. Okay. So, uh, all right, let's move on. Suzanne writes, with Southwest flights leaving starting at 5.05 a.m., is security... <laughs> I know. I'm, is on sure... a, I'm on one of those next week. <laughs> All right. Well, then, then you better you will know the answer to this. Is security at the airport are opening earlier? And uh, when do ticket counters open up? Uh, places to eat. And uh, by the way, Suzanne, thanks thanks you for your for the tips in the past. Uh, she's had actually used several, hopefully successfully. <laughs> anyway, um, what do you what do you think? Well, um, here's the deal. I, I took off on a oh, flight you know? from, to Portland a couple weeks ago at five forty five, and I did the Seattle five oh five the week before that, and I'm doing it next Sunday with a group. So I'm real familiar with the uh, with the big terminal where Southwest. And a few other airlines go out of. Yes, Southwest has a whole bank of flights now leaving between 5 and 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, and so TSA is open earlier. They're open now at 3.30. Uh, the Southwest ticket counter is open at 3.30. Uh, upstairs, inside security, not so much in terms of places to eat. Starbucks was opening, <coughs> was it 4 or 4.30? There was quite a line outside, um, not not much open in the way of concessions. The little uh, doodad stand where you could get uh, candy bars and bottles of water and stuff like that was open, but that was about it. So if you have one of those early flights out of the airport, um, you need to you need to kind of plan for yourself. Same thing. United has a five twenty to Denver, which we frequently take with groups out of the other terminal. And no, there usually is very little open over there. Sometimes a sundry store or something like that. So if you have one of those early flights, trust that security will be open. You'll be able to get in. You'll be able to get checked in with the airlines. But as far as amenities, not so much. So with that being said, you know we've often recommended to people to. You know, bring along their own snacks, bring along some, some food, because, you know, if you, you have a connection or whatever, you may not have time to, to grab something. So if you're carrying, that, that would that would work. Any suggestions as to what you don't want to try to bring through security or, or can food-wise to be able to accommodate a situ- situation where things may not be open for a 5.05 a.m. flight that you're used to? One thing I ran into a couple weeks ago, I brought through something cold, and I had one of those frozen gel packs with it. And TSA, they let me through, but the guy said, next time, um, just use a frozen water bottle or something like that as opposed to these gel packs because technically those are not legal. So if you're trying to keep something cold, do it with a frozen water bottle. Well, the advantage of that is that then you'll have water when you get that when it gets to frost. Well, wait a minute. So are you saying that I can bring a frozen water bottle through security, but I can't bring a bottle of water Absolutely. that is not frozen? That is correct. Seriously? That is correct. That's been the case for a long time. So TSA reminded me of that um, of that last week when uh, I had... There, there, there's another tip that we, we can share. If you want to bring water, freeze it first. Just make sure it hasn't thawed out by the time you go through uh, the TSA. Yeah, okay. also take, a, take a, just a sip out of the bottle before you freeze it because... Sometimes those things tend to ex- water expands when it freezes, and you don't want the thing, you know, busting open and making a huge mess in your carry-on bag. 
Okay, a listener writes, you recommended getting a receipt when you return a rental car. I want you to know that it isn't easy sometimes. I waited almost 15 minutes and then was sent inside, but my wife was traveling on business, got a receipt, and was uh, hit with a bogus charge. Took her two days to get it all straightened out. Now she waits for the receipts. Yeah, well, the wife didn't get a receipt, and she got a bogus charge. The husband waited for the receipt, and he didn't. Um, If you can possibly, we've talked about this before, you want to get a receipt from a rental car company. A lot of bogus things are popping up, especially with Hertz and their related affiliates, Dollar and I think Thrifty or Hertz companies. So um, if you're returning a rental car and there's somebody there to check you in, the old, uh, just leave the keys and we'll send you a receipt. Eh, not so much if you possibly can get a receipt. Camelia, by the way, if you're just tuning in, this is the Travel and Entertainment Guys. We're going through the Travel Guys mailbag, which, uh, by the way, you can leave questions for us at TravelGuysRadio.com. Uh, Camelia says uh, she a hotel in Hawaii uh, where she went to stay uh, promised her a refund, and it never came. Gosh, am I surprised. Anyway, she says they won't return her calls. They won't return her emails. It was only $135, she writes, but still, they said they would refund uh, when, uh, when our, they, it was, uh, they said it would be refund their Ocean View room for two nights when it wasn't available. So uh, they have it in writing, in fact, on their final bill from the hotel, uh, but now they don't, they won't talk to us. What should she do? Yeah, I remember this one. Um, this is, a, this one's a couple weeks old. I sent her on to Chris Elliott's people at Elliott.org. Because um, they are the consumer advocates and they can get a hold of, of people. they She has a refund now. Uh, be, and the reason she has a refund is because she had the paper trail. When the hotel said, look, your Ocean View room isn't available. If you take this other room, we'll get, refund you the difference. And they said, okay. And it was 135 bucks. She had them write it on the bill that on the final folio, she had them hand write mm-hmm. and someone at the hotel sign it. So when they wouldn't, when they ignored her and Chris Elliott's team went back, she had photocopies of the bill showing at the hotel set, and it took like two days to get the whole thing settled. So the moral of the story there is if an airline or a hotel or an attraction promises you something, make sure you get it in writing. If you don't, at least get a business card and a title for the person that you talk to so that you can go directly back to that person and say, hey, you know, what's up here? But um, she had the paper trail, so it became very easy to get a refund because of that. All right. Samuel writes, if you're flying from a state where marijuana is legal to another where it's legal, can you legally pack your stash in your suitcase, Mark? Ah, we talked to our TSA friends about this when they were in a couple times back. I know it's been a year or two ago now. Uh, But they told us that um, kind of officially they said, look, it's not our job to look for your official stash. We have other things to do. Now, if you're a drug dealer and you're carrying a whole lot with you, why then that may be a whole different story. But the answer, Samuel, to your question is, it's you're passing through a federal area when you're going through the TSA checkpoints. So technically, whether you, even if you're flying from a legal state to a legal state, the answer is no. It's not legal to carry it with you. Same thing if you put it in your suitcase. Um, TSA has said that, you know, small quantities, they're not really all that concerned about they have bigger fish to fry so that's that that's there's kind of sort of two answers there and and now i've given you both of them all right real quick 
Adriana says, how can I get housekeeping every day in a hotel? Seems like nobody's doing it anymore. It's a bummer. Sometimes they'll, you won't find out until you check in. Uh, you really, when you check into a hotel now, you should be at, if housekeeping is important to you, you should be, and you're staying multiple nights, you should be asking when you check in, um, what's the housekeeping situation. And that way you can request it if you want it in daily, uh, on a daily basis or, uh, or whatever. All right. That's wrapping up another travel guys radio program. My friends, we'll be back next week at three o'clock and we'll. We'll do it all again. Mark, you have a, a fabulous week, and uh, we'll see you next uh, Sunday. Thank you all. Dance like nobody's watching. Thanks for joining us this afternoon.